0: Listener Production Hello, it's Antoinette Latou filling in for Jamila Rizvi on The Weekend Briefing and today I'm chatting with Waraway Hick She's one of Australia's leading young actors She can speak seven languages and she's just filmed a role that she says pretty much scared the shit out of her Waraway is known for her roles in the TV series True Colours, Darby and Jones, she's recently joined Home and Away, Significant Others, prison hit series Wentworth, Redfern Now and black comedy, just to name a few. And now, Warawoi is back with an exciting new project, Erotic Stories, in a role like she's never played before. I also, in our chat, get her to reveal something she has never shared with the world before. Not even her parents know this, and it is both hilarious and frightening. And a little later, Helen Smith and I will bring you the weekend list where we recommend what to watch, see, do, eat or listen to. But first my interview with Warawa Hink, where I learned she really is quite the daredevil. Thanks for joining the Weekend Briefing. So I'm going to start this interview a little unconventionally. I'm going to ask you, like, what's the question you get asked all the time that you wish you didn't have to still talk about? And I know the irony, it sounds a bit ironic that I'm asking you to talk about what you don't want to talk about, but I want to highlight the issues that just won't go away or the framing that you, that's so repetitive that you can't kind of get rid of and you have to keep acknowledging?
1: Uh, okay, that's a really good question and, and no one's ever asked me that. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is Aboriginal or, or Indigenous actress.
0: I mean, is that something that you like to talk about or you feel that each time you talk, rather than just talk about your art, you also talk about indigeneity and, and your life?
1: I obviously look Indigenous, so mm. um, I think that just can speak for itself and that's mm. where I'm at in my, my life or my career now is I, I really would love to just focus on my creativity at times um, and I feel that as soon as just me being in a, in a space, mm-hmm. I'm the Indigenous woman in that space and I can't just be ratty and I can't just be that creative actress, just like everybody else. I always, immediately as soon as I walk out my house at my door, I'm Aboriginal and that's it. And look, and as much as, you know, I, I'm extremely proud of my heritage and where I come from and who I am, uh, but that, that, a lot of the time I feel that that's just for me. I don't really need to be labelled as something if that makes
0: sense. No, it it absolutely does. And that's why I wanted to kind of address the elephant in the room right up the top, because it's it's something that, you know, I'm aware of. I know that even just as, as women, sometimes the, the framing or the conversations we're drawn to have is like, well, how do you do it? And what about family? And what about children? Like questions that Other people who don't have that kind of intersecting identity don't have to spend time talking about. They can just talk about their art. They can talk about their creative pursuits. They can talk about their characters. Uh, But I do want to talk about the last 10 years as an actress – Is being an actor something you've always wanted to do, like when you grew up Um, or, you know, were you considering astronaut and nurse and all the other things that kids said when they were younger?
1: Oh, look, I I knew I was born for the stage. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I was going to be on stage. My mum's a dancer and, and, Mm. you know, she was dancing while I was in her womb. So I, you could imagine, as a baby hearing all of that and being immersed in that at a very like before even being born so I was born into it I I was around in dressing rooms but I was around dancers so no I acting wasn't something that I was drawn to I was very shy I struggled to use my words and um unless I unless I, I was comfortable around you or knew you really well, then then you can get me to shut up. but <laughs> other than that, like, yeah, no acting it wasn't something that was on my mind at all. It, it, I just fell into it, and I, I always say that acting found me. I didn't go seeking it. It, it came to me, and there, were, there was an opportunity that came my way, or a few opportunities, and I told myself to say yes to it and not say no.
0: Well, let's talk about how acting came to you because not many people can say that they fell into, you know, such a competitive and coveted industry.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is very competitive um, and and you do have to have a thick skin because the continuous rejection. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: But there was a play. I was I was 18 at the time and there was a play and they needed someone who was a dancer and who is bilingual, could speak Yulunga as well as English and... I ticked those two boxes, but they also needed someone who could act and I hadn't done it before. So I gave it a shot and loved it.
0: Amazing. So so that's an Indigenous language that you could speak.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm a very proud Yoong'o woman from northeast Arnhem Land. I come from the Wanguri clan and, um, we, are, yeah, we speak several different languages and dialects over in North East Arnhem Land.
0: So from the stage, what was the next step to screen? <sighs>
1: uh, from the stage, uh, there was quite a few directors that were there. So Rachel Perkins and Wayne Blair were sitting in the audience and I remember they were coming up to me after the show and, and it was from there. They, they just got me in to do auditions and the next job was Fur Now that's when I was nominated for Best Newcomer in, for the Lokis or something like that. So it, it all happened very quickly. But I, I think I, I also came into the industry, I mean, look, it was a lot of it was about timing. So <laughs> I came into the industry just at a pivotal moment where Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander writers and directors, producers and, and actors were all coming through And we started taking control of our own narrative and our own stories. And Red For Now is a very good example of that. So shooting Red For Now, that really, that was a game changer in the Australian TV, film, theatre industry, really, especially in particular TV. How how so? Well, it was a moment where we had Indigenous people in different departments, Mm. writers, producers, directors, actors, And and very similar to erotic stories, it's an anthology. So each episode had its own story and we got an opportunity to showcase all this amazing talent and and people who'd never had any acting experience before were coming through, Mm. like myself and many other people, as well as as people who were trained at um, NIDA or or Whopper as well. So there was a nice balance there between trained actors and non-trained actors.
0: And we'll get to erotic stories on SBS, which um, you're involved in. It's your latest piece of work. But before that, I want to talk about the time you spent working in New York for the series Wentworth, which is, you know, very popular nationally and internationally, where you played Ruby Mitchell, who's in prison for assault and resisting arrest, I believe. How was that experience?
1: (laughs) Oh, look, it was amazing. I mean, I... I don't know. I, I went to New York last year. I was pinching myself just walking down the streets in Manhattan or Brooklyn and, and people coming up and wanting photos and things like that spun me out. Like I'm a bush girl. I'm from a remote area in, in Arnhem Land. Like yeah. that, that to me is absolutely insane. I'm not drawn to fame or anything like that. I am drawn to storytelling. So experiencing something like that was, was really, um, really strange, but exciting. It was really exciting. And, and being a part of Wentworth, I mean, one of my career highlights. Mm. I was on there for five, five years, developed really strong relationships with the cast and crew. And what an amazing actor's playground to be able to play in there with Leah Purcell, Pamela Ray, Celia Island, Sigrid Thornton, I mean, the list goes on. I think like as I was the youngest cast for many years and I learnt so much through all of those women on that set.
0: Well, in addition to being recognised on the streets, you also commented um, that it was fun to be seen and celebrated as a black and curvy woman. Like what's different in the US in the way it acknowledges people who look like you that's different to here?
1: Well, I mean, Australia has a particular beauty standard, and you can see it you walk walk down the street, you see it on posters, you see it on our ads, you see it on television, you see it everywhere it's always it's there in your face if you look at it, you'll see it and that beauty image for Australia is the complete opposite to my appearance, so having you know curves. Curly hair, mm. uh, brown skin, all of those things for myself, it's been challenging. And on top of that, being Aboriginal and living in Australia isn't easy. Yeah. So I love going over to the States. I love being in America because when I'm over there, I feel like I can just be myself and not so much being celebrated as myself, but I can celebrate myself.
0: Well, you've taken your big, beautiful, curly haired curvy self to Summer Bay <laughs> and <laughs> um, for Home and Away, which for a long time has been, you know, the cliche beachside babe. Um, what is it like joining Home and Away?
1: Oh, look, Home and Away is so much fun, honestly. I mean, <laughs> like it makes sense why they've been going for so long. They really operate as a family. Yeah. And it's... well-oiled machine it's been amazing the the feedback i'm getting just walking down the street from people especially aboriginal people i mean we're the first indigenous family on there Mm. i mean the show's been going for 30 something years and we're the first indigenous family to be on on home and away and i mean i feel extremely
2: proud of that
0: audiences expect from the new SBS series, Erotic Stories? Because it's heralded as an exploration of sex and intimacy. I've seen the trailer, which, you know, I counted about 10 orgasms in the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) What's it all about? And what's your role? You know, something I've got to say, I think that um,
1: a game with some tequila shots is a really A good choice with erotic stories, maybe like every time there's an (laughs) orgasm or something, you've got to have a shot. (laughs) Um, Erotic stories. Look, it was interesting when erotic stories popped up uh, in my email, and I was really excited. I read this script, I saw that it was written by Sarah Khan, who I've heard about for a few years now and I she's been on my radar and I've been like, I really, really want to see what sort of what her material looks like. And this, this script popped up and immediately understood these characters or understood Kiara. And it wasn't even the fact that she's Aboriginal. Mm. She's a woman who is career-driven, she's... Longing to be loved and she wants to be soft and vulnerable, really struggling with that. She's in a long distance relationship and is feeling, starting to feel quite insecure about that because her partner's away from her. So, And, and these are all very normal and natural human behaviours. And I think that's what I was drawn to. And one of the most amazing feedback that I got from after, like there there was someone who watched my episode, Powerful Owl, from Erotic Stories, and she was a non-Indigenous woman Mm. and she said she felt seen. In Kiara's
0: vulnerability?
1: She saw her vulnerability. She saw the long-distance relationship. She saw the insecurities. She saw that she was really trying to... Be this you know she's a strong, independent woman, but trying to soften. she saw all of that, so mm. immediately, I got really excited here getting that message because I was like, this is what this is about. Mm. My character's a character, and she's just telling a story about a woman being in a long distance relationship, and that's it. That's as simple as it can be. But then there is the other aspect, and I want other Aboriginal women who look like me, who have curls and are curvy, to be able to, or regardless, you know, but I want want other women and in, in particular Indigenous women to be able to watch erotic stories and feel empowered or just feel seen and go, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I've been through that or, oh, wow, there's, there's a curvy black girl on Australian television and she looks sexy. When do we get, actually get to see that?
0: So Kiara is obviously your character and you're part of the series, but it works as a bit of an anthology of different characters, right? Yes. Yeah, so
1: each episode um, has a different story. And I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see what everyone else has been working on. Uh, I have some amazing friends who are in the other episodes, like Mark Cole Smith, Kate Box, Emily Hefair. The list goes on, and I'm I'm really excited. And actually, all of us are. We've been all we've all been messaging each other, going, "I can't wait to see your episode." Um, so there's a lot of excitement, but there's a lot of nervousness too, where everyone's feeling quite um, excited and nervous about it because you're putting yourself out there. <laughs> mm. I giggle because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm clearly starting to
0: feel quite nervous about all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see how just how revealing and how sexy your episode is because it sounds like you've turned up the heat. <laughs> Look, I don't know, I'll be
1: honest with you. I, I the reason why I'm nervous is I've never done this before. I have I've never had an opportunity to do something like this, and. Um, yeah, I'm, but I'm really glad that I did, and, and this was one of the conversations that I was having with with Letitia, who was our director for Powerful Hour. It took me a little while to make a decision on whether I wanted to do it or not. Why is that? Well, the reason being is <laughs> there was uh, so I had like I, I come from northeast island, so I have some really strong cultural obligations and responsibilities and one of them is you know in in my community we need to cover up our bodies and you don't show affection and you're not intimate with your and I'm not talking about sex but I'm like just holding hands or you know embracing your partner or something like that isn't something that's seen in my community Mm. ever right so then I got this script and it's like You're going to be having multiple orgasms. This is going to be about self-pleasure. You're going to have your ass cheeks and your boobies out and, you know, and kissing someone and blah, blah, blah. And so there was a part of me that was like, I'm really nervous about that because what's my community going to think about me? Yeah. And how are they going to receive this?
0: And is this culturally okay. So how did you come to the decision to go ahead with it? Did you chat to family or community?
1: No, I, I didn't talk to anyone. I, I uh, still haven't talked spoken to anyone about it. Yeah, I just right. quietly went off and did it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just have to deal with it. But the decision was my craft and my creativity. Mm. And it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning is Not just being an Aboriginal woman. Mm. I have to acknowledge that I'm also an artist. Yeah, exactly. And I felt like in my career at this point in life, I wanted to be challenged and this scared me. And the fact that it made me really nervous, excited and nervous, but it scared me that I wanted, I needed that challenge. I needed to be pushed and I wanted to do something like that. And people like, you know, Kate Box messaged me the other day and, and said the same thing. Like she's never seen this side of me
0: before. Mm. So what next for you? What's your next creative pursuit? So I'm working on a comedy web series at the moment
1: and uh, acting in it but directing as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm focusing, I'm focusing a lot on directing this year.
0: Before I let you go, what's something that most people don't know about you that you're willing to reveal with the world today on the weekend briefing? It could be anything. Like for me, I I don't know how to do a cartwheel. I can't stand people who chew loudly. It makes me want to like get violent and make them stop. Um, What what can you tell us?
1: Uh, Okay. Mine would be playing chicken in a croc-infested river. What? Oh, no, I just said this on a podcast and my parents may
0: hear this. (laughs) What happened? You were just having some fun, like playing like Truth or Die?
1: Yeah, kind of. (laughs) We were were crazy kids, like really living on the edge there. (laughs) And and, and you know what? I'll tell you something. I got into the States for swimming. (laughs) I was a really, really good swimmer.
0: I have to ask you for detail. How does this game work?
1: Okay, the game works like this. Out in my community called Darling Boy, it's there's a crocodile infested river there called Cato River and it's very brown and muddy. My cousins and I would go down there. We were kids. We would go down there. It wasn't as many crocodiles back then but still crocodiles and you can't see them. Yeah, And we would swim across the river and see who could
0: make it there and back
1: as quickly as possible while there were people looking down the river to see if there's any crocs coming down
0: oh my god well i am glad you live to tell that tale <laughs> we were crazy that's wild <laughs> i love it thank you so much for your time stay away from croc infested waters enjoy the web comedy series um, and i'll definitely be checking out erotic stories on sbs thank you so
1: much for having me
0: So now it's time for the weekend list where we recommend what to watch, see, do, eat, listen to,
2: wear. Helen Smith, what do you have this week? All right, Antoinette, my first recommendation, I love a bargain budget, right? I'm the biggest, I just love anything. Tight yeah, Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so pretty much my first recommendation is a mascara. I used to buy a really expensive mascara mm-hmm. and I, I love it. It's a great mascara, but I was like, you know, the living crisis. I need, a, I need a pinch of pennies. Fair so enough. So I found this mascara, Maybelline Lash Sky High Mascara, the blackest black, that's what it's called. Okay, is it just from the supermarket? I get Chemist Warehouse and you can get it from the supermarket. $13. I'm wearing it right now.
0: Love it. What color is the tube? Pink. Okay, yes, it I is think like I know a, the one. A
2: sky kind of pink. And I cannot recommend it oh my enough. Gosh, your eyelashes do look amazing.
0: Thanks. By the way, folks, <laughs> this is not a sponsored post. However, no. if Maybelline wants to send us lots of mascara, we're open we to it. We will take
2: it. We will take it. But that is my recommendation of this week. If you're... You still want a really good quality mascara. It doesn't smudge. I wear it. Look, I'm, I do headline shifts. I'm putting this mascara on sometimes at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, it holds. It holds out. So that that's my recommendation.
0: Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, my recommendation is not about saving pennies. It's about saving a father from prison. So a bit of a bit of a pivot. It's a book I'm reading at the moment um, by La Miss Hamuda, and it's a real story of a father wrongly imprisoned in Egypt. He comes to visit his daughter, Australian Egyptian daughter, in Egypt. And his daughter's quest to free him. So mm. when he tries to enter the country, he gets stopped uh, by security and imprisoned. And she can't find. Literally, does he just disappears? And she goes to find him. So I thought, I thought that the world wasn't sad enough in terms of news yeah. out of the Middle East. And I wanted to cheer myself up. And so the book I decided to read was nonfiction about this poor man imprisoned for doing nothing. Um, so, But it is a beautiful book. And what I love about it is it only happened a few years ago and it's co-written by her and her father. Wow. So she writes, I'm looking for my dad. I don't know what's happened. We're calling airport security. And he's like, I'm blindfolded. They've done this. And so it's um, it's heavy. It doesn't lift your lashes, but it's no. <laughs> you know, it's beautiful writing.
2: No, that that sounds amazing. I have to read more books. So I I need to get that one. Now, my second recommendation is a, a recipe, a mm-hmm. little kind of food fun, something fun. You can do it with the kids, you can do it for like a brunch with your girlfriends or whatever and just serve it up. It's yeah. bite-sized banana pancakes. Nice. So, you have your b- pancake batter. Yep. And instead of just smushing up the banana in it, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. We're going to chop the banana into slices. Dip it into the pancake batter, like side both sides, ah, right. and then pop it in the pan. So you're making these tiny bite-sized pancakes. The batter wet, crisp it all up on the outside. Inside's the banana. It's great. It looks really cute. And then you just pop it on the plate. Put some berries. Put some Nutella or syrup or whatever. Nice. And it, it's just a fun thing to do. You're like, do you yeah. do that
0: for yourself, or it's something you like to serve?
2: You can serve it. Do it for yourself if you want, but. I think it's also really fun to do with kids because they can dip it in there, put the batter on each side and make these tiny little kind of like mouse pancakes. Yeah, nice. But no, it's a fun little recipe. And okay, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, my second recommendation, I've started watching Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV and this is for someone who has like no interest in science or chemistry or understands anything about it. But what I love about it is it's set in the 1950s and it's a woman who dreams of being a scientist and she's challenged by all the, you know, the sexist things in yeah. that world where, she, you know, she should, should be a wife. And um, anyway, she ends up accepting a job on a TV cooking show where she uses her kind of like scientific rigour in the way she approaches recipes. Hmm. Um, it was adopted from the book of the same name. And people are wondering, I was wondering too, because this woman is hilarious and she breaks all the rules and she's in this real boys club who just kind of ignore her and don't accept that she's a chemist. It's kind of yes and no, whether it's based on a true story, but it's just shot beautifully and it's a bit of a reminder of just, like, how shit women have had it for so long um, and, you know, amazing women like this character who've had to fight for, mm. you know, fight for some respect. So, yeah, that, that's my recommendations. Um, that is Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV. Let's begin, shall we?
2: Mmm, that's perfect.
0: I like to cook. It's just chemistry.
2: You're on the verge of a major scientific breakthrough. This
1: institution has a reputation based on the world-class scientists, not the theories of a pretty lab tech. We have rules.
0: You're firing me. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for being with us and tuning in. It's a pleasure to have you. And if you want more of the Weekend Briefing, you can find us on the Listener app. You can download the Listener app in the App Store and you can follow us there. Otherwise, you can follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And why not give us a rating and review for this fabulous interview with Warawoi? And FYI, you can review and rate every episode. Do it. Be generous. Just like Helen is with her mascara. Uh, We will be back Monday morning where Tom Tilly and the team will have the latest headlines straight to your headphones along with some interesting interviews. Stay safe, everyone. Listener.